strange loop. I like my loops fruity. Ooh, and in chocolate milk. Next on R. Sinclair. Uh, welcome to another edition of R. Sinclair. Yes. It's when two dopey, goofy sort of Americans take a look so, no, no, at no. the games of the ZX Spectrum. That's what we're doing. <laughs> sort of Americans. We might sort of take a look. We're 100% American. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm claiming it less every day. I'm, I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by the patriotic, <laughs> the Brent. We're going to get into a strange game. That is, strange game! No, but strange loop. Strange as we, loop. As we uh, jump off the side of the mountain here <laughs> with our parachutes. What, oh, no. Shut that thing off long ago. That, with your anvil, <laughs> like Wile E. Coyote. We're going to take a brief moment for some important house cleaning uh, that we've been working on behind the scenes. We want to get this in straight away because if we don't, we'll forget. Brent, give them the scoop. Uh, if you guys have watched the show for a while, and if you're a newcomer, welcome. Uh, we have had four Patreons for the four Sunday shows. And the, that is the, the Atari ST show, the Coco show, ARG Presents, and of course, R. Sinclair. Uh, four separate Patreons because as the shows got released, a new Patreon was put into place to kind of fund that show. Well, now we're, we're established, right? So we are actually taking down all those Patreons over the next uh, three to six months. Timeline is probably going to be a little more on the accelerated side. And we are introducing the Retro Rotation. And that is a Patreon that is all-encompassing. It has all those shows built in. And if you're just a supporter of one show, Aaron, you can go onto the Retro Rotation and just support the show that you want to support. If it's just R. Sinclair, you can do that. Uh, if you just like what we're doing here on Sundays, uh, there's an all-encompassing tier, and that all-encompassing tier gets you into the game selection committees. Uh, and if you just can't get enough of us for some reason, uh, we also have one VIP tier uh, that we're calling uh, the Golden Token, or I call it that. You had no say in it at all. Uh, but this is really... it's where uh, John had to step away from the show, and he is tied to all those accounts, not only through e emails and uh, things like that that we can't transfer over, but also for tax purposes and uh, things like that, bank accounts and whatnot. We're just we're taking him out of that so he doesn't have to be bothered with that, keeping up with that kind of stuff, because it you know that's extra hassle. This puts everything into one place. And not saying we're ever going to do this, but if we do expand uh, the, the retro rotation, put in a new show, now we can just plug it into the Patreon, no fuss, no muss. Now, there is an audio component to this, Aaron, and I think you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, normally we wouldn't lead a show talking about Patreon stuff, but we want to tell people this now so they can transfer their Patreons over if they want. Um uh, in case you don't know, uh, Anchor, who we used uh, to distribute our show, uh, was bought by Spotify. We had separate channels for all of our shows, uh, and then we had one all-encompassing all channel that had all of our content from uh, the Amigos Retro Gaming 
uh, channel. Uh, so what's happening is um, due to the way Spotify operates, we're going to have we're having to close down our separate channels. So we're going to if you were using uh, if you were getting R Sinclair through the R Sinclair channel, that channel is going to be going away after this episode. Uh, and we're going to be distributing all of our shows via the Amigos Retro Gaming Network channel. Uh, you can just go to your favorite podcast provider and search. It's there. It has all the shows from our channel. You can just pick the ones you want to listen to and the ones you don't. Just don't download. It's yeah. as simple as that. No big deal. We want to get this stuff in early so we can get it out before we forget. Uh, but uh, two important things to remember. One, the, our current Patreon is going away and will be... Uh, so if you're interested in continuing your support, uh, you can ca- go to a Patreon and look up the Retro Rotation and sign back up there. And there are, there are various categories to guide what you want. And again, the individual channel for R. Sinclair is going away, and we're going to be distributing that through the Amigos Retro Gaming Network channel. And to put any fears to rest, we're not leaving the uh, Amigos Retro Gaming it's nothing like that. This is just the Patreon we, thing. Yeah, I'm an amigo. Yeah, I know. So I know. no, we're not leaving anything. This no, is this we, is some housekeeping baloney. We, we've had we've had some is. fear that people think that we're you know yeah. skipping ship and, and we, nothing and to we do can with also, that. It's, this has this uh, this is no, nothing to do with the amigos uh, Patreon. It's just strictly for the four shows that me and Brent do. Correct. So with all that out of the way, the Brent. Yes. Let's get to the matter at hand, which is a little ZX this week. Now, uh, um, this week, we when this one came up uh, as the game, uh, Strange Loop, I've, I've never heard of this one. I hadn't either. And so I was like, well, what's the scoop on this? I started doing a lot of research. I was surprised. A lot of the ZX games we play, we play some fairly obscure stuff have a lot of uh, playthroughs and reviews and stuff. Sure. Especially games that were distributed on multiple machines, like this, like often the ZX and the C64 and the Amstrad, Amstrad will all yeah. have the same game. This is no exception, by the way. But this thing has not very much action. Uh, uh, I was surprised. I mean, if you consider all the different uh, platforms, I didn't see a lot of uh, people talking about this on YouTube. Just a few playthroughs, and really no one's even well, giving it a I, proper review. As well. I don't necessarily agree with that. I saw plenty. Uh, this what did is, you see? I looked at every single one. This isn't as as out there as like, uh, you know, Jet Set Willy or something. What? But that's it, one of the most popular. Yeah, games I know. Of- that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not that kind of coverage. But I, I saw a bit, a bit. Well, and within with good reason. I don't agree with you. <laughs> All right, I think you're full of crap. And I didn't see a lot. I saw very little compared to most games. So with all that said, we're going to be throwing our hat into the ring. I think you're goofy too, by the way. Well, duh. So there you go. So we are going to be talking about Strange Loop. Strange Loop, uh, um, published by Virgin. Uh, in uh, 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 did you know they had a game cat a game? thing back in uh 84 for the spectrum yeah they did tons of games you haven't been in see you are learning young paddle I, I am i am the rest of us know this because that version and i didn't even bother listing all the games they post they post a zillion games for like a bunch of the classic machines including the amiga and a bunch of others i was just surprised that this was attached to them why I, I thought I knew most of the Virgin titles out there. There's no way you could know them. There's like a million. I'm starting so, to learn that. So this was released in 84 and programmed by a fellow named Charles Goodwin. So I had a look at Charles Goodwin. 
This guy's been around the block. Oh, yeah. Uh, man. Just to name off some of the stuff he's been responsible for, uh, he he was a programmer. He programmed on not just the ZX, but on the C64, the Amstrad. I've even got listings in here for him for DOS and Linux stuff. Wow. He's, been, he's done it all. He grew up, man. You know, when I look over the list of the stuff he's done uh, that you may have heard of, uh, Warlock uh, for the Amstrad comes to mind. Uh, Prehistoric, which we played a version of that. He, he did the Amstrad version of that. He did a game called The Gene Machine. Gene spelled G-E-N-E uh, in, for DOS. He worked on that. Uh, and uh, he's done a little bit of behind-the-scenes work in terms of bug bug testing and stuff like that. So he's worked all over the place. He's got about 12 credits to his name. So this guy, uh, when he did Strange Loop, it wasn't like his first rodeo. He did, he did a bunch of stuff. By the way, he also, uh, helped, he also apparently worked on C64 version. So Charles Goodwin. Um, this thing, uh, again, came out on multiple machines. Uh, you've got... Uh, the Spectrum, the C64, the Amstrad, and the MSX got a version of this as well. When the MSX was getting a lot of action, this retailed in '84 for five pound ninety five piece. Yeah, not a budget title, but not full price either. No, I don't think six six pounds it's is that, full price. It's that middle road. Yeah, um, this game, uh, in terms of your control options, it has built in controls, but you can thankfully uh, adjust yeah. them. It does have a nice. Uh, uh, end game uh, 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 utility change of keys. Now, this did not have joystick support. No, and there's a reason for that. Well, multiple reasons. You needed a lot of keys. Well, <laughs> all, the the thing is, is if you go back and read old magazine reviews, it says that this has joystick support. Yeah, but I it can, doesn't. <laughs> can, well, you can tell because you know uh, the. Uh, uh, but the, I think the main reason that they didn't support joysticks on it. Was because you needed to have two fire, uh, two fire buttons just to do proper shooting. Well, plus you had all the inventory yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying you and... could get, you could switch over to that from a joystick. I mean, if you had a two button stick, you could have made it work. But it, who, no one had one. So there you go. Uh, one thing this did have, and if you're reading the magazine reviews from back in the day, this was very uh, widely heralded as being great. Is that this game had in game save support? You could save your game. And a game like this one, you would want to save your game because it's a massive, massive game. Uh, it runs over hundreds of screens, uh, the brand. <clears throat> so, what is this game? Well, <laughs> I've been asking myself that question all week, the brand. <laughs> uh, uh, according to the documentation, uh, uh, this is a game where, and it's funny, I, I, read the, I read the docs, and I was surprised there wasn't, like, the, there was a backstory, but it wasn't, like, novella style. You know what I mean? It was, it was you know, I was, kind of, I was kind of bummed out by that. <clears throat> Essentially, your job is to go to this planet that uh, was basically uh, full of robots that did manufacturing and stuff. Yeah. But aliens, aliens reprogrammed them yeah. to be volatile, you know, and, and, and evil. And, it's, and you had, no one's been on this place no one's been here for hundreds of years until you show back up and your job is to go in here and basically fix everything and then try to eliminate the alien issue. Uh, I will say the aliens uh, uh, don't play a big active role in the game as really on don't. screen yeah. at all until until really the very, very end. If you went to and watched the, the entirety of the game, you would see them, which good luck beating the game. Uh, the game has 
240 uh, different screens, uh, and they're laid out in a in a grid pattern. It's funny, someone I saw had taken all the different screens and they had printed them in this huge single map pic, picture. Yeah. And it was immense. Like it would cover your this whole wall here. Yeah. It was so huge, 240 screens. Each of these screens will provide you theoretically some sort of a opponent or puzzle or game element. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you, that's what they say. Uh, the uh, this game does have another interesting addition, uh, which is a on-screen map. Yeah. Edge. Edge. Oh, no, it does a good job. No, well, I mean, it does. It does. Give you uh, one, two, three, what about, about what, 15 squares? 15 rooms around you, you yeah. Know, uh, but I mean, it does not provide you, there's the game doesn't tell you which way to go. Well, the compass points you to the most important no, room. It, but, it, it points you to the control room. Right, all, that's, all the most control, that's the most important well, room. But the, the, the kind of the thing here is you can't just go to that room and win. There's a lot no. of puzzles you have to figure out before so, that. So this is one of those games where the top two-thirds of the screen is the game, per se, and then the bottom third is like a status area. And for once, I will say, they used every bit of that yes. to effect. So the your guy is in a spacesuit uh, and has a jetpack and a laser gun. Uh, the the bad guys in this, when they hit you, they cause your spacesuit to get leaks. To ra yeah, tears. And so you also have a list of how many leaks your suit has and how many patches you've got. So Because presumably this is a self-patching suit as long as you've got uh, patches in the inventory. Uh, and you can have up to 99 patches. Any patches you get to 99, they just go away. So you don't want to, like, although getting 99 is no easy task. Um, you also have a, an area down there for your laser gun. The laser gun also has charges. Uh, the laser gun fires straight and diagonally up. And so you will be able to shoot, which is an unusual choice, Yeah, you know, uh, for, for a game. I, I don't know if I've seen one quite like that. You've also got an area called pockets, uh, which is your inventory. This is how, all the things you pick up. You'll pick up all sorts of odd stuff in this thing. Everything, everything from uh, eye protection to money to like, uh, and you also pick up things that don't show up in that area, like fuel for your little, uh, for your little like uh, scooter. You have a crap, yeah, stuff like that. Along the top of the uh, of the bottom third of the screen is a thing that says oxygen supply. Of course, you also have oxygen because you're in a spacesuit. And uh, you'll have to replenish that case. There's a couple of places you can get that. And that's not something that constantly falls. It only falls when you have holes in your space right. suit, which I thought, I thought that was a really neat touch. I, I will say I did kind of like I kind of like the uh, the whole the spacesuit thing. You're right. And also, it's not irritating. Like, you're not going to go through the game and get instantly mashed uh, right away. But I mean, you can't. <laughs> but I, well, I mean, I'm saying I guess you could. But uh, th this is an interesting way to do it, and the thing is, it's like a health bar that when you but you know, goes below zero basically, so it's not too yeah. bad. Uh, there's also a spot uh, aside from the underneath the map area that has the time down there. How long you been playing? Pretty good setup here. I don't have any problem with the uh, with the way they've got the screen. So, what you think of the? Uh, what do you think the way they put they did this? Are you cool with Just it? Just the screen? Yeah. No, I think it was well done. Yeah. It, it's. 
it takes up a lot of screen real estate, but it gives you so much information that had to go somewhere yeah. that uh, I, I think this is okay. I think the way they did it is actually good. You could hear small asteroids are hitting the building right now. <laughs> to talk about this uh, in line. Now, you, of course, you are in a spacesuit with a jet pack. So you could say, you could think to yourself, hey, this is sort of like a jet pack game. It's not. I mean, you have a, you are an asteroid, a jet pack. But similarities to the actual jetpack are pretty much none. Well, you don't actually have a jetpack. Well, you've got you, you can jump and it's sort of moon gravity, but you can't fly unless you have your scooter. Well, you can you can move maneuver around. You know, I mean, he's I, I, to me, I thought pretty much just assumed he had some sort of. Uh, mm -mm. I mean, it doesn't outwardly show anything. No, the controls. So like, I'm going to break down some of the game here. Aaron. Yeah, get in there. When you start this game, you land on the planet. And you are just a guy walking around. You teleport around. down. You get to pick where you start. And uh, you have you can jump, and you get a fair amount of movement in the air, and you can jump for fair fair distances. But your actual movement is restricted to you are going to be on the ground, right? You can't just fly around like crazy until you get your scooter, and you get your scooter. Pretty early in the game. I yeah. mean, it's maybe three or four screens in uh, if you know where you're going to unlock the scooter. And the scooter gives you full mobility. You can go up, down, left, right to the full extent of the screen uh, and, and fly around. And that uses your fuel, but it's not it's not punishing. It gives you plenty of fuel to, to fly around and experience the game. Yeah. Uh, but while you're on your scooter... You do have some limitations, and the game gives you the ability to get off of that scooter because there are some elements of the game that you have to get off of the scooter for. But Not for, that many. For 85% of the game, you are going to be on this little scooter flying around, which means you have to watch out for fuel. The way the patch system works is really clever because you start each man, and you get eight men. You start each man with uh, 20 patches. Now, the enemies do generate you, which means if you are on top of an enemy for any amount of time, they're just going to er they're just going to erase all that. Right. It's going to go down really fast. And there's no sort of like knockback or anything. No, it's one of the, you just yeah. eat it. So 20 patches, I feel, is a good amount of starting patches. You can pick up more, and there is there is a puzzle later in the game where you get 99 patches if you complete the puzzle. Uh but for the most part, it's survivability, but it, you still want to avoid being hit by things. Uh, once you lose all those patches and your oxygen starts draining down, it drains equal to as many holes as you have that you can't fit with patches. So if you only have one hole but no patches left, You've got a long, long amount of time yeah. to pick up more patches. Now, if you have 20 holes, you're going to die fairly quickly. I think this life system is fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is incredibly detailed. I picked up on it right away. I didn't have any problem understanding what was going on. Um, yeah, that part I picked up on. The, <laughs> the, the next thing, the laser gun. Yes, you have charges. Yes, it is uh, slightly restricting because you can't just go in guns a blazing every single room. Some rooms you're going to want to 
uh, uh, try to dodge and maneuver through. But it's not so restricting that you feel like you can only shoot that one enemy that's really giving you problems. Cool thing about that, if you clear a screen of enemies, and that means every single enemy, even if it's up on the top part of the screen that isn't really, you know, is a ledge above you and you it can't get to you and you can't get to it, that's not good enough. If you clear a screen of all its enemies, those enemies are will never respawn. Yeah. If you leave one, the screen will repopulate. I did like that. Perfect. I love that aspect of the game. It's funny, early on, I would clear all the screens that I could, but after a while, you'll realize that you really, I mean, the funny you, thing about this game is like, when Brent said like at the beginning, 20 patches is fine. Like this game isn't like most games that we play on these older machines where it's like instant death. Like you've got a lot of leeway. And the alien, the bad guys, what they call them, shop or something like that. They they are the robots, whatever. They they don't actually swarm you. They're not super hard to dodge generally. They so normally you, just the reflect yeah. around the room. So enemies. you can kill them, but you don't necessarily have to. You can just sort of like wander by. So let's say you're in a in a particular situation and you do die. You lose all your patches, your oxygen runs out, game over. It doesn't just spawn you in the room before or right where you died. It says, okay, you died. Where would you like, in the screen that you died on, where would you like to teleport to to come back? Yeah. And it lets you pick anywhere in the room, even if it was a part of the room that was inaccessible to you. I think that's a, was a real good idea. That is, yeah. that is, it's really good, right? I like the concept because it can get you past things that you were having trouble with. But it's also, uh, uh, in my opinion, a little bad because it does let you negate some things that uh, you can just say, well, I'll screw it. I'll just take the death here. Who cares? I'm going to come back with 20 patches. I'm going to come back with full oxygen, full fuel, more ammo. Yeah. And this section of the game is really hard. I'm just going to bypass it. Yeah, and you get like eight guys like to start. Yeah. So you get plenty of guys. So. I, although I, I, I'm impressed that they could do that. I'm impressed that they had the, the wherewithal to set the game up like that. I don't know if I actually like that aspect. I can I, see where people would really like it. I like it. I think it's very clever because if you can't get past this, although, again, it makes it sound like this is a game where, like, traversing the levels is real tough. It's, I, it's not usually very hard. To get around. There's a couple there, places that can be tough, but for the most part, you can just go where you want. So, I, I'm praising the game really well. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> the The map section that you have is color-coded, and it's, it, it's kind of color-coded in a weird way. Rooms that are red are usually special rooms. Rooms where you have something to take care of or a puzzle to solve or whatnot. Uh, and the rest of the grid is just like a, a blue or a blue and uh, black type grid pattern. Yes. Yeah. Um, the rooms, you said, the, you know, there's like, what, 180 of them or something? 240. Okay, there you go. 240 rooms. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's the problem with 240 rooms. All right. Um, it's not the maze aspect, although that can be a problem. Most rooms either have multiple ways in or out. I I, I never felt like this was mazy, right? Oh, um, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't think, I, I never thought. It wasn't like labyrinthy, but right. it was absolutely mazy. Well, it, it was... If there was a ledge that I wanted to get up on, but I was blocked, 
I never felt like I couldn't find my way up there. I always could go left three or four screens and then up, and then I was on the one the ledge I wanted to be on. Uh, so that's what that's what I'm kind of mean. However, when you have two hundred plus rooms, uh, and there's only puzzles to be solved. Now you might have to go somewhere else, get an item, and bring it back to this room. There's only like ten rooms that are quote unquote important. Um, you have a lot of filler, and this game has a lot of filler rooms where it is it is basically a corridor. And I'm talking like has no interesting mechanics at all. Some rooms have uh, conveyor belts. Some rooms have uh, you know, like smashers or grabbers, and all that is at least something. A fire, acid, yeah. And, but there are still well over a hundred rooms that is just a corridor, and that leads to some boring screens. <laughs> uh, and I wish they would have toned it down, but I, I I know why they didn't, and I'll get into that for a second. The controls on this game. This is your bread and butter, right? This is where you've got to nail it. They didn't nail it. No. And it's not the worst. It's, not, it, the it's not the worst. You're right. Um, but controlling your little man does not feel fluid. It doesn't feel fluid when you're out in just your spacesuit. It doesn't feel fluid when you're on your scooter. Um, a, a lot of that you can get around because... You don't have to be super 100% mega uh, precise, but it feels bad. And that is just so unfortunate because this game has so much going for it. If they could have just tightened up those controls, and I think they just flew too close to the sun. Well. I, I think they they had all these grand uh, ambitions, and something was going to get sacrificed, and it was unfortunately the playability of the game. Well, I mean, if I can I'm jump in here. Absolutely. They for, this game is the classic example of somebody to put together a, a good a good mapping system-ish, a good layout for all your uh, various things, and uh, uh, but they forgot to make a game in this mix. This game reminds me of, uh, uh, this is going way back. In some ways, this game is sort of, in a lot of ways, it's almost like, feels like abstract some of the ways you travel. Like, I don't like the way the game is portrays uh, tunnels and doors. I don't like it. Like, often you're on these, like, big pillars and, like, their exits and stuff, but it looks just, it seems, like, abstract to me. It was like playing Fireworld on the old 2600. Like, you can travel off the screens, but you weren't sure how, you weren't sure why, and you weren't sure where you were, where you'd been. I mean, it was just, it's just this real... Um, abstract, like loosey goosey concept well, and, and for, game. And for those listening, not watching, uh, the way that they signify a door is you've got your upper screen, and your upper screen is surrounded by a frame. At uh, two places on either side, and four places uh, uh, in the middle on the up and downs, a section of that border can flash. And that signifies a door. Like I don't have a problem with that. But it's just all the the pillars of light that they're all over the place. You just like, like why? What is that? What's happening? Why are they there? They don't look good. I agree. I like a properly put together board, I like with like actual platforms that make sense. 
You can't just stick pillars in there. Or, or what are they? Are they supposed to be water? Is it a waterfall? No. Is it a stone pillar? I, I, I think that's just graphical elements. Well, I, it, I don't like it. It's weird looking. I, I, and I'm the, not saying I don't agree. And when but... you're playing the game and you're going up and down these things, like when you go into the doors, it just makes the game feel loosey-goosey to me. And that was a huge problem. Secondly, and you've touched on this, like I played this game, and this is a game where you could sit down and play it, and you could actually play it. For, it's not like on your first go. Like my very first go, I found a little scooter. I flew around, uh, and uh, I went on and on and on. Sometimes I'd kill the bad guys, and sometimes I wouldn't. And I kept going. I kept going. I'm like, and of course, you've got no idea where you're going, okay? Yeah, yeah I and, mean, you have a map and you have a compass, but you don't know like, your purpose. What you need is to memorize, and this is just, this is your classic soup in the chat said this looks like a very spectrum game and it, it is this is a game where you basically blindly go through levels because in the old days when they were playing this stuff they had time to kill and so the longer this stuff went on the better it was for everybody you know this has a safe feature so it was okay to explore 240 rooms try to figure out the handful of puzzles that are in there so this is one of those areas where for me uh time wasn't kind to a game like this because i don't want to blindly stagger through the levels. And, and let me talk about that a little bit, Aaron. The reason why this game went with that approach is Virgin ran, the ads that Virgin ran said two things. <clears throat> it said, this isn't a game you play for hours or days or weeks. This is a game you play for months. Okay? Yeah. That was one of their major selling points. Selling point number two was they had a contest that if you were the first person to beat Strange Loop, you get two grand. So it was, it was. I got something to say about that too. What? If you watch, and this is actually, and I wonder, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's why they did that, but it's a great way to get out of something. So when you beat this game, like I'll watch it to the end. I did not beat it, obviously, but I, right. did, I did watch the ending of it. Uh, the screen. There's really no victory screen or anything, but at the very end, it says, it gives you a code. Yeah. And then it says, call this phone number. And it's a, and, and then that's it. Game over. Yeah. There's no ending screen. There's no summarization of what happened. There's, There's no, no title nothing. screen. Well, I mean, so how much is it? How much are you paying to make a game? If you're giving away two Gs, it's not, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a sum of money. Yeah. But I mean, by the time you would pay for someone to do stuff like put a title screen, put an opening screen on there, you're probably actually saving some money at the end of the day with your team because you can just give what you thought so much you don't have to bother with that stuff. Not the worst idea. I saw it. You, we talked about it last night. I saw it in some advertising. But the thing is, uh, uh, beating this game, it would be no easy task. The funny thing is if you watch somebody run through it, this is your typical game. If you know the path, and well, what it, to do, you can get there quick. It's more than just knowing the path. Right. Because it's not like this is a maze. Well, you have to go to the specific room that has something. But I mean, it's and not it, that, that hard. That, no, no, it's impossible to know what you're supposed to do. Well, I agree. That's the problem. Because you have to get something from room A, take it to room B, and then interact in such a way. That's why it's, it's, this, it's when you look at someone who like rolls through this real fast, you're like, eh, but I mean, there's no oh, way. Oh, no. No, I completely disagree because I, when I watch a playthrough, and, and I felt this way when I was playing it too, was what a, what, 
How does he know to do that? What am I supposed to do? That's bad. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. Well, but my point is, when you see this thing, someone blows this game in 24 minutes. No, it's, and, it's like and, an hour. And so, no, I watched the guy blow through it in I 24 watched, minutes. No, it wasn't 24 minutes. Go ahead. And so I watched this guy blow through this thing. And if you don't, if you're just like, oh, look at that. He crushed this game. And, and it was, you know, too. Like, you could play this game. They're right. You could sit and play this game for eight billion years and never get to the and end. And never figure out what you're supposed and, to do And next. so, but this isn't like Zelda or something. This is this would be 80 billion years of, of boredom, struggling. Uh, uh, the the most of the levels, the the bad guys just sort of float around uh, until you kill them all. Also, it's something else. you could go through and kill every bad guy in this. We had the lasers, which you don't. out, yeah. and then but uh, uh, then you're just wandering through areas that are basically empty. There's other stuff that'll kill you aside from just the floaties. yeah pits and fire. Also, and stuff if you're like running the computer uh, on certain levels, that'll kill you. Uh, stuff will kill you. But I mean, it's this game. What like what are we doing here? Is it? I've played games that were like adventure games that were like this on the Specky, and they were just adventure games. There wasn't really much of an action element. This one has the what I would call the bare minimum of action to call it an action title. I don't. You know I'm right. This no, I don't. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think the action in the game is fine. I think that the puzzle elements. When you hide a puzzle, I think that's that's not the right way to make your game. Look, it's exploratory. This is again, I, this was the style of the time. I don't mind exploratory games, but because like, if you just go in with this with the the text on the screen, it says, "Hey, Commander, like go to the control room." Yeah. <laughs> so my first playthrough, I spent the entire time making it to the control room. I got to the control room, and then I died, and I was like. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I just started flying around looking for stuff. And I think I found one puzzle room, uh, but had no idea what to do. Even if I knew the elements, I didn't know where the elements to take there was. It was just, it was strange. Uh, they also did a strange promotion with this where they, they released a demo of this game. And the demo was the upper screen like you would see it in the game. Right, yeah. but it was just a still shot, and the lower part of the screen, the inventory stuff was completely erased, and it just had a typewriter animation. And they typed out, uh, like, "Oh, this room, you've got to watch out for the conveyor belts," you know. And they there was eleven screens of that, very slow typing. Yeah. The whole demo took like fifteen minutes. No actual gameplay, no motion. Uh, and it was trying to build hype for the game because it was like, hey, look at all these rooms. Look at all this stuff you can do. Did it make you Here hype? are the choices. Um, it was not bad. Yeah. It was not bad. It was not the greatest. Do you know where that was? Where, where did they it distribute that? It came with a magazine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that was a, I think that's a pretty good way to introduce this game without spoiling what the game is. Yeah. But I think uh, a little guidance would have went a long way in this game. You know, I uh, mentioned that this came out on multiple machines. the the lead The lead machine was the ZX, but it came out in uh, in eighty five for the C sixty four and the CPC in eighty seven for the MSX. Um, I had a look just for fun. I took a look at the C sixty four version and see how it looked. I think it stacked up quite well. In fact, I think that's if I, I mean without sitting down and playing a pretty great length of time, it moves at a much better clip. It's got a it's got some sound. 
occasionally, for example, like where you hear like a computer noise or something like that. I thought it, it I liked it, the, the, the difference in the speed of the play was, it was in the C64's favor was smoother, you know, uh, but uh, it wasn't like a radical difference right. amongst the two. And I don't know how you could, you really, this is a game where you probably really wouldn't radically change it. I really like to check out the MSX sometime. That's that would be the one because it was the late, last one released, and that would be the one where you could sort of flex your muscle a little bit on it. Uh, I, I like the MSX. I've got one in there, so this might be something I load up. But the, at the end of the day, for me, uh, this uh, again, this is not a, a horrible game. It's yes, not. It's what a, kills me about this. How do you rate this game? Well, I could rate it real easy uh, because this falls into my. It was the style of the time game, and and it was that it's the, this is the European exploration style. This was a game that would last, and I will grant them uh, points for putting putting in a save feature. Of course, nowadays no one cares. Just save state it, you're good to go. But in the old days, no, it was huge. Deal. I played some of these epic ZX games, and and when you have a save state, it would be brutal. Oh, you could not. You this game would not work without saves. Oh, you could. Oh no, they'd release without saves because that wasn't something you had I to have. And make it a good game. Well, I just I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, but uh, one thing we and we didn't even mention even picking up objects in this because you just basically walk up to them and pick them up. They appear in your little inventory, and then like somewhere down the line, you may need say a flashlight, yeah. or you may need. Uh, uh, some money, you know, yeah. or protective glasses or whatever. And then you also have the ability to scroll through your, uh, and this is something else, you got to have the docks, because you don't just roll down and scroll through your inventory. You sort of have to hold down a certain Yeah, button. you, you got to play you know, the game to get it. This and also another game where you have to, uh, you're going to be uh, only using the keyboard, so there's also, if that's a problem for you, then there's that. Uh, this reviewed this had an interesting line of reviews, uh, the brand. Uh, some people really were thought this was great, and some people, I mean, no one hated it. Uh, Crash in uh, October of 84 gave this an 86. Pretty close to a Crash smash. They didn't quite get over the top. Uh, Sinclair user in November gave this a 90. They were very impressed. Some people held at this thing. I read a couple of reviews talking about this is the... The big hit game for the for Christmas, yep. but the funny thing is, like, I don't have any indication that this was a huge seller. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I didn't um, see anything about that either. Uh, CBG uh, in December of '84, they only gave this a seventy-three percent, uh, and some of their complaints were a lot like ours. Uh, and then Personal CG gave this an eighty. So your your ballpark score on that's so still you still in the still in the high. The B area yeah. of that. How did uh, did we get any action on? Yeah, Discord? while you're pulling up Discord, I want to get my final thoughts. Oh, please go ahead. How did Discord? Uh, this game has so much going positive for it that I cannot, I cannot put it down. Uh, the map system, the health system, uh, even the the main concept of the game, even though it's kind, of, it's sort of generic. It it does enough to make it interesting. Uh, it's unfortunate that they couldn't push it over the line and have good controls and have better direction for the players. But I can't hate on this. And I know there are going to be people out there, Aaron, that this is their favorite game. This is the game that they remember. Do you really think childhood. so? Yes. I don't know. I don't In know about that. Aaron, this would have 
blown my 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 little immature I mean, mind. There were other games doing similar things. I I, I, I disagree. You, I what do you mean you? I'm I telling disagree. you, I games like this, this one. And this had so many concepts all shoved together that I give it props. Well, I, I, I I that's just my opinion. I mean, I that. agree with you to a certain extent. I wish what I wish this game had done is just been a little more. A little less chaotic with the on-screen yeah, A action. little more playable. Yeah. So we got a few reviews of the brand. Let's start with our good buddy, Jed Byrne. Strange Loop has many hidden depths, but I was struggling to find them. After wandering around for hours, things I didn't encounter, uh, 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 shooting things, I didn't encounter many problems to solve. Yes. I did find the Jet Cycle, which involves a nice little puzzle, which shows being bounced to destroy a robot. More like that would have been great. The reviews talk about giving objects to robots and putting coins into Vendomatics, but I couldn't find any of that. It looks promising, and the reviews were good. Sinclair user predicted this would be one of the biggest selling games of Christmas. There you go. And gave it a uh, Gilbert factor of nine. Crash reviewers described it as exciting, fun, and highly recommended, but in 86, it felt just more, sort of being a smash. Uh, did I want to preserve, explore, and discover more? I was curious to know more, but the gameplay was just too clunky for me to keep playing. On release, Virgin offered a 2,000-pound robot for the first player to complete the game. Perhaps that would have motivated me to keep at it, not me. So he's saying that. So do you remember me? I thought it was a cash prize. I thought prize. it was a cash prize, but it might have been a cash equivalent. Robot better. That, that's <laughs> what, uh, uh, Orc Meal chimed in as well. Strange Loose backstory is enticing. And I would have loved to explore the game more, but it fails to provide a feeling of tight control over your movement. Too many times I found myself struggling to move this slightly disoriented cousin of Ultimate's Jetman in the direction I wanted to go. See, another guy who cited Jetman. That's what he reminded me of. I also found baddies hard to tell apart from the stuff you were supposed to pick up. And the manual does not help here. So you often just have to run into something to see if that was a good idea or not. He's not wrong. On the plus side, the compass and mini-map are helpful to tell which direction ahead. There is, however, one really great mechanism every flip-screen platformer should adopt. When you lose a life, you get, a, uh, you get to place a little rectangle anywhere in the current screen to say where you'd like to reappear. This is fantastic. Not only, not only can you avoid the dreaded infinite death loop uh, known from Jet Set Willie after an unfortunate jump, but it also lets you cheat your way across rooms that you can't figure out how to can you can't figure out in a more honest astronaut worthy way. If this game had managed to steal the tight movement and controls from Jetpack, it would have been an Orc Meal's delight. As it is, it's just more of a funky mystery meatloaf that I quickly stopped chewing on. Six out of ten, including one bonus point for letting me flex about this being the first game I reviewed on my brand spanking new Kickstarter two next. Orc Meal, in fact. Was one of the lucky boys. So listen, I feel like now, see, we've contributed to his happiness there. He's one of the lucky folks who got their uh, new next in the mail. And I do want to mention, I'm glad he brought that up. Because we don't talk about that sort of thing too often. I haven't gotten to play with Mitsuyama's next. Let me get it right this time. Those machines are outstanding. It's funny, I didn't order one. Because it's like, yeah, I, I even at the time when they first came out, the mystery, I didn't even heard of it. But at the early on during the first Kickstarter, it wasn't like I was like, oh, man, i got to have a Zest. We had a little one. I know the difference. Yeah. And, and now, you know, six or so years later, uh, it's such a pretty machine. 
And the price, I would say, is a manageable price. That if they were to do another round of these, I'd be sorely tempted to throw my uh, hat in the ring. Just because it's a, such a quality machine. The guys, I mean, this is the way you do a machine like this. Uh, you, uh, they had a lot of good planning. They, you get an actual designer, you know, and you take your time. Now, would I want to wait six years to get this thing in the mail? I don't. <laughs> but, so, but, I mean, I will say congratulations for the people that did get these in the mail. And some of you may have... Uh, be trying out your next for the first time, maybe uh, tuning in to the show for the first time. You haven't just gotten back into it. If you did, that's great. Thanks for tuning in and uh, drop us a note. Tell us how you're liking the new Kickstart next. Um, now, Aaron. Yeah. Next week. Well, hold on one second what? before you jump. As usual, you jump again. Why does anybody remember the ever popular? How much is this thing worth? I this no is why cares. the people tune in. Nah, no one because they know. We'll see what these things can sell for. No one cares. I told the Brent. I know for a fact because the, because the box on this thing is pretty wacky that I've got at least one of these. I may have several, and so I'm, I was hoping for big money, no whammies, uh, but complete in the tape box, if as it were, on the ZX. Get these all day long if you're ever in, in the glorious shopping grounds of the UK. For seven American dollars yeah. or less. So these things are dirt cheap. Well, you, sure dirt drew, cheap you sure drew that out. Wait, so, Aaron, let's talk about next week. Uh, yeah, let's, because I'm, I'm not sure what we're playing. Let me have a quick look. Well, the the next week, the, the 14th, oh. will be an ARG Presents where uh, we will be looking at Star Wars-ish games. Uh, and if you're wondering where the wheel spin for that is, don't ask any questions. We did spin the now, wheel. Aaron, I will say that. Do you have a, an idea, an inkling, a, a, a little hint of what we can be getting on the next R. Sinclair? I do. I do have an inkling here. As I, I check it out, the, the votes have just been tallied, Brent. So, as you know, uh, we have just completed what they call the advent. We have a club, the Clive Club. We'd love you to join. Uh, this, these are our Patreon members that will pick the games for us because we're too dumb and too uneducated in the ways of the ZX. Uh, so, uh, of course, we just played Strange Loop, and that was our adventure game. Now it's time for uh, our, another round here. These are ports, and the winner, a decisive winner here, Brent. It was actually, it wasn't super decisive. Just edging out Bubble Bobble. It was Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, Ghouls excellent. and Ghosts. I'm all for that. So on the next R. Sinclair, you will be uh, you will be hearing us speak on the ZX version of Ghouls and Ghosts, which I've never played, so it didn't know exist. What so, the ZX version of Ghouls and Ghosts? Oh, the ZX version. Okay, okay. I'm, dude, <laughs> you, so you blew my mind. You blew my mind. Sorry, sorry about that. Do you man. have anything to say to the people? I do. I've got one solid thing to say. And it's Rewind Tape. And press play. Have a good one.